Slapshot Podcast. I'm your host, Biggie. And alongside me, we got Devin Leach, Nick Rhodes, Joseph Altman. Uh, we got a great show for you guys today. Stanley Cup Finals are over. Lightning are back-to-back champs, as uh, we predicted earlier, which is fantastic. We're going to talk about their next moves along with Montreal and what they need to do to get them back to the Cup. Uh, we're also going to talk about a few buyouts that happened this week, and we're going to talk about Pekka Rene and Duncan Keith. So, first off, we're going to bring up Stanley Cup Finals. Guys, we all predicted it. We all had them in five. Joe, you were a little bit off with which game it was going to be, but all right. So, Devin, what did you think about the finishing touches of the Stanley Cup Finals? I mean, I mean come on. Vassy did Vassy things, and we got to see Drunk Cooch. That's, that's all that matters, right? <laughs> I mean, oh, if you're asking about the actual game, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, like, Lightning locked it down again, once again, in a closeout game. That's kind of what they do, but... Uh, overall, I mean, just seriously, outside of one game, yeah, it was it wasn't really close, you know. But back then, the Canes get to go back to you know their normal division next year and finish fifth. So. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be. We'll never see this again. Um, all right, well, Joe, just a question for you, real quick. What do you think that game four or that they lost? Do you think they actually kind of maybe tried a little bit less hard or? You think? Uh, do you think the Canadians just a better team? Um, in Game Four, I thought the Canadians just—they got a lot of the puck, puck luck that game. I thought. I mean, they—I mean, that was the best game the 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 best game the Canadians played all series. I thought they really gave it to them in Game Four. I know everybody wants to have the conspiracy theory of oh they lost on purpose <laughs> to win at home, but if you really did that, you're a damn loser and shouldn't be allowed to play freaking sports. If you choke a game to win at home, you're a piece of crap team. You shouldn't ever be allowed to be in a sporting event ever again. So I would like to believe that that's not true. But I also think the Canadians gave it their best shot. They left it all on the line in game four. And honestly, they played well in game five. They just, you know, it was just one, you know, one pass, an incredible pass and great shot to lose the series. So we, we might be talking about a game six here. So. I'm not going to say that that the Canadians weren't ready for the challenge. They just weren't good enough. That's plain and simple what it was. They have a nice young core. I can see them getting better in a couple of years. I believe this was an aberration. Yeah. Well, game five, they played tough, too. You're right. But I, I thought game two was probably one of their best efforts, too. I mean, I know they lost that game, but that's just, you know, I, I thought they played them pretty tough in game two, four, and five. I mean, Nick. For you, them playing on top all those games, were you concerned at any point during this series, or did you think this this is this is going to be easy? Well, me as a Lightning fan, I, I thought it was going to be easy. Me as a hockey fan, I really expect um, 
Well, I thought Montreal didn't come out and play well the first two games. Even though they did well in the second game, um, I still don't think they could have played to their expectations. I think they kind of got on the Cinderella run and just figured that, that they could ride off of that momentum. But then they ran into Tampa, and Tampa is just, uh, I think you guys have seen it in the last two postseasons, is just a different beast. Uh, you know, just there's star talent everywhere. There's grit, there's grind. Um, and there not many teams play the way Tampa does and stays to their structure like Tampa does. Tampa has easily the best goaltender in the world, and Tampa has probably, hands down, the best coach in the NHL. Um, top that with some of the top five of the greatest players in the NHL right now. Um, you know, it's a tough team to beat day in and day out, and let alone four games in a series. But I think Montreal just had a little bit of too much, you know, Cinderella story just to get stopped there against Tampa. You so wait, I gotta ask this now that you brought up that Cooper's the the best coach in the league. You think he's better than Trotz? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Really? I don't. I. I I thought he did so well with what the Islanders had, and you guys had way more talent he, than they did. He's a great defensive coach, but he's not the best. I mean, for the, la- for the last two years, the best coach has resided in Tampa. Okay. All right. Good to know. Um, all right. Well, I mean, the like we said, the finals, they lasted the five. Should have lasted at four. It was really – I mean, I thought you guys were going to win it in four, but um, but going forward, in order to pull the three-peat, what is uh, – Kevin, what does Tampa need to do to get back to the cup? Yes. <laughs> oh. Um. All right. So <laughs> they're not returning everybody. They're not. They're not like the other team in Tampa that can return every starter and try to go for another one. All right. So they're they're going to lose some of the players. It's just which players are they going to lose? Obviously, we know Point, Cooch, and pretty much the rest of the. The main core, they're gonna be back. It's it's the role players that we want. We have back. Honestly, if we can afford them, I don't think we can. But Coleman and Goodrow is are the keys <laughs> for me. But um, I mean, I don't see the reason why they can't repeat. I mean, but if if you had to pick one player to, to or if you had to pick a, a one or two players that you had to get rid of in order to keep this team successful and, and going back. Which which players would you get rid of? Like, would you be okay losing? Tyler Johnson, Alex Corn. Okay. And maybe, right, well, no, I'm not going to say it because <clears throat> that's not true. I'm going to leave that one to myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Joe. What do you? What about you? What do you think? Uh, what do you think Tampa's got to do to get back next year? Um, they got to keep their core together first off. With the cap problems they have, they got to sweeten the pot. For the Kraken to take Johnson. Now Johnson helped them with this playoff run because he was one of the unsung heroes of the run. So I'm hoping that they don't have to give up a ton for them to sweep the pot like they did when they traded the first rounder for Jason Garrison with the Golden Knights. So I'm hoping, you know, that maybe they'll take, you know, maybe the 2022 first round pick or maybe a guy like Cal Foot. And then you're gonna have to move either Palata Kalorn. Now, if you ask my opinion, I'd rather keep Palat than Kalorn just because, you know, Kalorn's getting up there. You know, who knows how he's going to heal from this broken leg he just got. And this that frees up a lot of room. Now, they still might make another room, another move just to make more room so they can try, try to bring back Goodrow, try to bring back Coleman, and maybe add a small piece. Um, 
But, you know, they got guys waiting in the wings in the minors. That's what, that's what a lot of people are failing to realize here is there's dudes in Syracuse that could come up and play for this team. Now, you're going to have to get a new backup goaltender. I don't know if they're going to go with uh, one of the guys from Syracuse. They're going to outsource it. But Breezebois ha- has a lot to do here. Um, by the way, he talked in his press conference about Kalorn. I'm thinking that he knows that Kalorn's going to be the odd man, man out. Yeah, that, that, that press conference, yeah. he, got, he got very touchy in that one. But you don't you don't see that emotion from general managers, and that's the problem. Like you, like he said, he was he had a cold, but that that's what I'm saying is that you don't see that emotion. You know, I know we're kind of going off the topic here, but that 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 was something different to see that he he got choked up when he talked about corn. So yeah, but a good GM, you can't let feelings get in the way. That's that's one of the main things. Like. Getting oh, choked no. up or not, if he if he makes the move to get rid of Kalorn, that's the best move, and then, then he's a good GM. You can't keep him because of uh, because of feeling. So I, I, it's going to be tough. To, it's going to be interesting to see what he does. Uh, Nick, what about you? What do you think? Uh, what do you think Tampa Bay has to do to get back to the Cup next year in three P? Well, you know, as much as we wanted throw out going in there, he has a modified no trade uh, clause. So therefore, Tampa has to protect him unless he waives that. Um, so it's going to be tough for any expansion draft for the Kraken to take uh, Kohorn. Um, so, you know, you, you kind of look at different players here that you can get left unprotected. Um, I can see well, yeah, as big as he is to this team, I can see McDonough being left exposed and keeping Chernak uh, protected. Uh, I, I just McDonough, McDonough's 6.75 mil. For the next five years is huge at the age of 32 as well um so i can see that happening uh and probably throw johnson in with that now they got to be at 81.5 mil next year but right now with the roster they're at now they're looking at about 85 mil so they only have to save about four mil uh, on the cap to be under the cap i mean that's without resigning players i think you really need to either try Three sign uh, Goodrow or Coleman just because how good they are. Um, I think you can get Ross Colton for a pretty cheap deal. You got to re-sign Cal Foot. I think Luke Shen can come back on a cheap deal. Um, I don't think they're going to re-sign Gibson or McElhenney again. So you also have to go out and find another backup to Andre Vasilevsky. But they actually have a lot of things that they need to work on to make this team, uh, you know, another contender. Uh, don't I don't think they're not not a contender. I just don't think they're going to be the same team that you've seen in the last two years. Okay, all right, I like it. Um, I mean, I, I know I think you guys brought it up earlier. Let me just double check. But didn't Ben Bishop just say he wanted out? Uh, he wanted out. To go they asked him. They asked him to waive his uh, his mo- his no movement clause. Yeah. Maybe he can be exposed to the expense and draft. Yeah. He's probably too expensive to bring back to Tampa, right? A hundred percent. Yeah, you know. Hey, you're going to get a goalie that's probably making league minimum. Yeah, and he's not. He's not asking out, Jeff. He's just he waves his no movement clause so that Seattle has the option to take. Uh, him. It's what Ben Bishop's always been, though. He's always been a team first guy. So the team asked yeah. him to do this, and he did it. So they can protect the young player. Nice. Well, all right. So we know what Tampa's got to do to go back next year. 
Montreal came out of nowhere. We all know that. I mean, they you know, the eight seed coming through, beating Winnipeg and Toronto and even Vegas. What uh, what do you think Montreal can possibly do to come back next season, maybe even get a higher seed and, and maybe get back to the finals? What's what's their plan, Devin? Uh, I mean, they got a good young core um, that, that got experience. So that that's the key. Uh, the fact that they got that experience. A lot, a lot of young cores don't get that right out of the gate. <laughs> Um, but they, they need help, obviously, because obviously you saw they were, they're overworked and obviously Carey Price is not getting any younger. Um, so I don't know how many years he's got left in the tank. So, I mean, it's, here's the problem with Montreal. So they're going back to their their traditional division, the Atlantic division In the Atlantic division, they would have probably finished, I think last year, fifth, which they would have missed the playoffs. So they 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 need they got to improve somewheres, and I think I believe uh, the defenseman uh, Weber is possibly leaving, or he's retiring. So there's that. There's a big hole now. Uh, the captain. So yeah, it's definitely it, a yeah. There's a big there's a big hole. There's the captain, and okay. there's a lot, in, especially that they were over the cap last year with the incentives. You know. And which is kind of crazy when we t- everyone said the Tampa was over the cap, but Montreal got busted for it. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, Joe, what do you think uh, Montreal can do to possibly get back to next year? What, what what kind of moves can they make? Well, first off, they got to build around these young dudes, but also they got to make a decision on Corey Perry. Man, you could have all these young players all you want, but you need savvy veterans. I would like them to bring them back. I like Devin said. I feel like Shea Weber's done. I had mentioned it um, a couple of podcasts ago that there was a good chance he might retire, and I think that's going to happen from what I've read. Um, injuries. Yeah. He's going to be 36 years old, and he's got all these injuries. I don't blame him. He had a great run. He was a hell of a player, but it might be time to hang up the skates. Now, the, you know, they got to make a couple of moves here you know, to get a little more under the cap, but I think number one priority is bringing back Perry because he was a really good fit for them. I would like to see them improve offensively because they're a good defensive team, but I just think they need more offense besides, you know, Colefield and Suzuki. You got to build around those two guys and try to get at least two or three decent offensive um, fire, you know, have some offensive firepower in their, you know, the third and fourth line. You can't just have, you know, the top two lines and then that's it. You got to have four lines who can score. I think that's what Montreal needs to do first and foremost this offseason because if you ask me, I think next year they're probably not even a playoff team. Yep. All right. Uh, Nick, any uh, any advice for Montreal on how to get better for next season and make the playoffs at least, let alone make Stanley Cup again? Um, I, I think you guys are wrong. I definitely see this team going back to the playoffs. Um, I, I don't think that they miss playoffs. One thing is, you know, coming into this offseason, they're working with $14 million of cap space. That's without Weber going on LTIR, which will make another $8 million. That right there has enough money to go out and bring in what you need. Um, I think they can use this cup run to bring good players in. And um, I, I think they have a really good young core. I do agree that Corey Perry is probably someone they need to resign. Um and a couple other people. I think Joel Armenia is another good person that they need to bring back. Danelle is pretty good. I think they're good, fine with Stahl and Tatar leaving. 
Um, they got Kakiani that they need to resign. Um, but I definitely think that they have a team that's built for now and they can draw in with the money that they have in cap space. And if Weber does go into LTIR, they have a good chance of signing whoever they need to. The one, you can't really replace Shea Weber, but you can definitely find someone to help fill that hole. Um, and then they could also, you know, I think they need one more decent winger. But, you know, you're going to have some good guys out there in free agency, like Taylor Hall is going to be available. So you never know what this team could bring in. And, you know, they actually have the money this offseason to, you know, make that final push for Carey Price to try to win a Stanley Cup for him. That's a great point. I'm glad I was going to ask you who do you think they can bring in, but yeah, Taylor Hall would definitely be a good fit for this team. So, good point. That's an awesome point, man. Um, all right. Well, Montreal fans, according to Nick, have something to be excited about. So, I, I think so too. Suzuki, Gallagher. I mean, Price. I don't think is done yet. Who knows? I mean, it's going to be interesting to see them next season. Um, one of the big things that happened recently um, that we were unaware of, but Devin actually called it. So, good job, Devin. Uh, Thanks, Duncan guys. Keith. Duncan Keith. Uh, actually was traded uh, and went over to Edmonton. Um, wasn't expected, but, you know, they they, uh, they read his article about McDavid needing help, and so they got him help. So, <laughs> what, uh, Devin, first off, I mean, you like I said, you called it, but what, uh, what do you think about the trade, and, and do you think this team is a possibility to go to the Cup with it? I mean, the, obviously, the, the number one goal is just to get to the dance, right? So, this, this helps them get to that point, but they're not. They're not Stanley Cup. They. They. There's. There's still holes on that offense. They're still a one line team. You know, they, you know. It helps them on the back end, but there's once again, they're still a one line team. So I don't think it helps them at the end of the day. Uh, it. It helps them, but it doesn't help them. You know, Duncan Keith is a phenomenal defensive player at the end of his career. But no, I mean, and they don't. And it. And they didn't get Chicago to retain any of the salary, so. They're gonna be they're gonna be right up against the cap also, so this kind of hinders them from approving on that team to maybe build up a second line. Okay, all right, Joe. Uh, what did you think about the trade? Do you think it's something they could work with? I think this move is good for both sides. I think Chicago wanted to unload on him. I also thought, um, even though he's aging, I thought Edmonton could use. Somebody with Stanley Cup experience. But I also know that um, this move was to cater to Duncan Keith. He wanted to be close to his family. He basically said he's barely seen his family in two years. So it was more of a family decision for him than a hockey decision. So I think it's all it's good for for all three sides here. I don't I don't see an issue with it. I wish him the best over there. I think he can definitely help that team. I don't think it's going to bring them over to bring Edmonton over the hump, but it gives them experience and kind of guy you need in the locker room. So I do like this move for Edmonton. Can it at least get them out of the first round? <laughs> no comment. Dang. That's terrible. So they, they made this move for a perennial defensive hall of famer and they can't get out of the first round. Nick, what, what do you think about the Duncan Keith trade? It definitely solidifies that defense uh, a little bit more on the back end. Uh, definitely help out Nurse and Bear. Uh, Chris Russell is also is a good defenseman, in my opinion. Um, they also got a former Bolt on the team. I think they'll resign, who's pretty good, uh, at least to me, is uh, Swager Kufu, and they also got Adam Morrison. So finally, I think that solidifies that D, um, but they got to get something, some help from McDavid and Dreisaitl. 
Um, I know they just re-signed Nugent Hopkins to a very cap-friendly deal. Um, so that'll help them out. They still have Cassian. Um, they got a couple guys on that roster that could work, but they need to find something like Tampa's third line. I think they'll really put them over the edge. Um, I mean, someone to play right next decided to Cassian. Um, and, you know, maybe drop Cassian down the line and just have a, a better big three up front. Um, but this team is a team that could make it past the first round. They just have to, you know, one, I think they got to find a coach that doesn't just, you know, baby Connor McDavid um, and just push everything on McDavid's plate. I think this is a team that needs to build around McDavid. Um, but I think they still just, they, they have some cap space, which I help them coming in the year. Uh, but I definitely think they need a couple more pieces to make them actually a real contender. Do I see them getting past the first round? Um, I, I could because everyone's going back to their normal divisions. So you could definitely see them getting past the first round, but I don't know if I could consider them a cup contender yet. Okay. All right. Well, um, next thing we're going to go over real quick. Uh, there were a few buyouts this week recently as well. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll bring up one to each of you guys. Uh, Parise, Yandel, and Suter all got bought out and all are free agents now. Uh, Devin, we'll start with you. What do you where do you think Parise is gonna go? And do you think he's worth uh, a team spending a decent amount of money on? Uh, yeah. Um there's three teams that are reportedly interested. There's the New York Islanders, the Edmonton Edmonton Oilers, which we just spoke about, um, and the Los Angeles Kings. <clears throat> I think the Islanders, man, I, I think he fits fits their their mold. Um, you think that can get him over the hump? Yeah, yeah, I think it could. Um, I think, I think, yeah, I think he he kind of he's got the the cup experience, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it kind of works out for him. I mean, he goes from one of the you know middle of the pack teams in the West to be going to the one of the top teams in the East. Um, but yeah, I, I believe I believe him going to the Islanders would probably be the best fit for him. Um, I think Edmonton can't afford him now, um, and then the Kings are the Kings right now, so don't yeah, go Kings. there. Yeah, <laughs> Take my advice, don't go there. He, he won the cup with the Devils, if I remember correctly. So I mean, that's got to be some experience he can bring to the Islanders and kind of. Hey, this is what we got to do to 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 get right and get over this hump, and 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 this is what needs to be done. So, um, yeah, he could definitely be a good fit for that team. Uh, Joe, we'll we'll go with you. Uh, Yandel got released or got bought out recently. What what do you think a good fit for him would be, and is he worth going after? Uh, his best fit is retiring. <laughs> after watching him the last couple of years, he slowed down so much. I mean, he's a hell of a player, and he's an Iron Man, but. I just think it's time to go for him, man. He just doesn't have it anymore. I mean, he might be the last defensive pairing on a really crappy team, but his days of being a decent player are over. I mean, I could see a team that's, you know, that could use a locker room presence maybe to have him, but that's about it. I don't see him playing big minutes. I don't see him productive at all, honestly. Okay, that's a great point. Uh, Yeah, maybe retirement might be the best fit for him. Um, shocked he would have done the buyout, but uh, and just not retire instead. But either way, maybe he's hoping to snag onto one last team. But um, we'll see. That's going to be an interesting one. And then Nick uh, Suter just got bought out as well. What do you what do you think he's uh, he's going to be available? No, Ryan Suter got bought out because his his contract was pretty much bullshit. I mean, 
He, he's worth the money. It was but number one what, bullshit. What, what, what type of bull? Yeah. <laughs> number one bullshit. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Coach. No, it, it's, you have a Minnesota team that's up and coming with a very good core coming into the league now. Um, and just Suter and Parisi's $7.5 million contracts did not, you know, help that team. They weren't as productive as that contract. Ryan Suter is still a great defenseman. Um, you know, he's definitely one of the top four defensemen on any team wherever he goes. Um, so, you know, whoever needs a, a good left-handed defenseman definitely will be looking for Ryan Suter. I do have the teams interested that are reportedly interested. The three teams expected to make contract offers is the Boston Bruins, Los Angeles Kings again, and the Chicago Blackhawks. I could see the Blackhawks, but they just dumped Keith's salary, so I don't think they're looking to spend some money on that. I, I definitely could see him going to Boston. You know, he he fits the mantra of the Boston players. You know, he would fall right into there. I could yep. see him going to Boston. Uh, Boston, I think, is going to make a push for a lot of players in this offseason. Uh, doesn't mean they're going to sign them all, but I definitely see Boston being one. And um, I could also see him going to Carolina. Um, I know Carolina's got to re-sign Dougie Ham- Hamilton. Um, and, you know, Suter could fit into that Carolina defense pretty well as well. Okay. All right. Well, that's where uh, – that's a good point. Suter's not bad. I, I think I agree with you with Boston. That wouldn't be too bad of a pairing. They're still a perennial team to, to make it back. So, um, all right. And then last but not least, Pekka Rene is officially calling it quits, who is actually retiring. Um, and I wanted to bring it up to you guys. I mean, he's never won the cup. He's never actually gotten, you know, the Stanley Cup or anything like that. But uh, I looked at his numbers and I thought to myself, man, this guy could be a, should be a Hall of Famer. Uh, but he's not talk. I don't know if he's going to be talked about as one. Pekka Rene is definitely Hall of Fame worthy. I mean, he's top twenty in all time wins, top twenty in all time shutouts. Uh, he's a four time Vesna finalist. Um, he's one of Vesna. He's the reason anyone even knew who the Nashville Predators were. Um, you know, that's true. <laughs> w- without him, you know, I Pekka Rene and Nashville wouldn't be a team. You guys would be like. There's no hockey in Nashville. It'd be like the Florida situation. Rene put that team on his back years and years, um, you know, and he he did great in you know world uh, competition too. Um, he's I I think he finished like three times in the top like five or eight for the Hart Trophy too. Um, you know, he, he's hands down probably one of the if not he's probably the greatest predator to go down in history. And I mean, come on. He also has he has a goal scored in the National Hockey League. How many goalies do you know scored a goal in the National Hockey League? Four. Four. <laughs> it's impressive that you know that. But okay, Joe, what do you think? You think Renee's a Hall of Famer? Without a doubt, man. The dude was Nashville. Now, the, the his knock is his playoff career. That's going to be the thing that knocks him. But if you're asking me, he was unbelievable. Like I said, some of, some of these years, he basically played nearly every game. 2011, 2012, I'm, he played, I think, 73 games, man. Was, you know, goalies don't do that nowadays. There's so much rest nowadays in the league. And he's always been great. I mean, I've, I love Peck Renee watching him play over the years. I thought he was a great player. You know, he was always... You know, like Nick said, he was always a Vezina finalist. He won the Vezina. I mean, he won the King Clancy. You know, he's got awards. He's got awards, you know. And 
not just that, he was great in international competition for Finland. So he won, and he also, you know, he won championships before he even came to the NHL. He was a great goaltender. So I have no problem putting this man in the Hall of Fame. I love the guy over the years. So he has my vote if I ever had a vote. That's for sure. Now, the only downside to Rene not getting in the Hall of Fame is, for some reason, the NHL likes to snub goaltenders. Um, yes. Yes. They, there has not been many goaltenders selected in many recent years. Um, you know, I think, I, if I'm thinking correctly, off the top of my head, there's only a couple of big names. Uh, Ed Balfour, Dominic Hastic, and Verdor are the only ones I can think off the top of my head in like the last 15, 20 years to even get in the Hall of Fame. So that that might be one thing that holds him back, but his numbers definitely show Hall of Fame-worthy numbers. Okay. I mean, in the, I mean, since twenty, you know, since two thousand three, I believe there's only five goaltenders that have made the Hall of Fame, and one of them wasn't even a yeah, dude five. that played in recent years. I think what Vashon was the most recent goaltender to make it, yeah, and he didn't play. Yeah, and he didn't even play when you know I was growing up. So, yeah, I mean, like, so I mean, you know, it's time. I mean, it's time to get some of these goaltenders in there, and I think. Rene should be one of them, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, I agree, because I, I was a little stunned myself when I looked and I saw there weren't that many goaltenders recently selected. I was like, wow, well, kind of, because I agree with you, the statistics are there for Rene. Well, put it put I, it this way, Biggie. I'm, I've got it right now, uh, goaltenders in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Since 1993, there's only been five goalies selected by the Hall of Fame. Yeah, which which now you got, so like Nick said, you know, now we got to bring that up. It, does he get snubbed? Like, that's. I know you guys would put him in. Do you think he gets in? That's the big question. I mean, uh, is it? I don't. Eh. I, I, I guess I'll ask this question to Nick. Nick, uh, when it comes to the hockey, <laughs> hockey Hall of Fame, like is, is the voting similar to say the NFL or MLB when it comes to voting for the Hall of Fame? It's more like the MLB. You know, everyone is more flashed about skaters in the NHL. You know, you, you're always talking about McDavid. You're talking about Kucherov. You know, we we talk about Vasilevsky because he is one. He's probably he's a Hall of Famer. I don't I don't care what anyone says. He's gonna end up in the Hall of Fame. He's a goaltender that will end up there, hands down. Um, but you you just don't you you don't look at goalies like you do skaters in the NHL, and you know that's why you see all these great defensemen, these great skaters. Um, but you rarely rarely ever say you know great goaltending or you it's expected. Um. So they don't they don't wow you too much unless they do something fancy. Um, so I, I think goaltenders just get snubbed on that aspect of it. You know they're not putting up points like every night. Um, but uh, I I personally would like to see Renee get in the Hall of Fame. Will he get there? I, I don't think so. But I, I think he's definitely deserved it. That's a shame, Joe. What do you think? You think he does get in? Actually, I do. I think because of where he played might hinder him, but I also think because of where he played, there might be a little bit more of a a sentimental feeling towards it. Because yeah, like, Nick said, like Nick said earlier, that man is Nashville. Yeah. That is that is the face of Nashville hockey. Him and Subban were the face of the hockey in Nashville. So I could see it happening just on that, but he deserves it. If this man was a Ranger or a Bruin, or a Canadian, or a Blackhawk, 
we'd be talking about one of the, you know, this guy being the top of the heap. So I think he does get in. Okay. That's awesome. I hope he gets in too. I think he definitely deserves it. Like you said, Nashville is is Pekka Renee. Renee is Nashville. It's it's not even close. Like he he put that team on the map for sure. So uh, all right, great job, guys! Another successful episode. It's been great. Um, we got uh, we got big things coming up with the next episode. We got the Kraken draft that's going to be coming up soon. Uh, we got the uh, they're gonna they're gonna be coming out with the protected players. I believe tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken, is that Saturday? Right? Saturday. Saturday. That's right. That's what everyone's so, waiting for. Yeah, so we're gonna find out who's protected, who's not. We're gonna do another podcast on Monday to go over who's protected and who we think's gonna go. Uh, and then the following week, we'll go over who they selected. So we got some big things coming up for the offseason. Anyway, so yeah, so we'll talk about next the the actual Kraken draft, and we're going to talk about the NHL draft. We'll bring that up as well, so don't worry about that. We're definitely going to be exciting. So, um, okay, everybody, and tune in next week, and we, uh, we look forward to seeing you. Guys, appreciate it. Peace out. Later. 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 Later.